Welcome to a new Carter Report series, The Game Changers. These rare individuals appear once in a lifetime, like a blazing meteor across the night sky. They change the course of history. They show us the way forward. Welcome to The Game Changers. Welcome back, my friends. We're talking today about the Lady Game Changers. Now, no country in the world impresses me quite like old Egypt, ancient Egypt, because that was the home of the great pharaohs and also the man who could have become the pharaoh. Now, we're just going to have a little continuity from the last section, and I want you to take your Bible, and we're going to talk a little bit about Chakabed and Miriam, and we're going to go to the book of Exodus chapter 2, and verse 10. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 10. Now, just a continuation of what we're talking about when we're speaking about these two amazing women, Jochebed and uh, Miriam. As you all know, Jochebed was the mother of Moses. And what about Miriam? Who was she? Uh, She was uh, his big sister, but in those days, she was just a little girl. Now, Exodus, let me see, chapter 2 and verse 10 says, And the child grew, this is Moses, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. We think that was uh, Queen Hatshepsut, who became one of the greatest pharaohs in the history of the, of the Egyptian empire. And he became a son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because... I drew him out of the water. You know the story. Uh, Miriam is standing there. Uh, the little boy is in a basket floating on the broad bosom of the Nile. And Jochebed is hiding somewhere because the decree has gone forth that all the little baby boys have got to be put to death. Uh, this was a terrible thing. And if this had happened, if there had been no Moses... There would have been no Israel, no Ten Commandments, and no Messiah. And so here you got this little girl by the, by the name of, of Miriam. You think she, she's, how old is she? She's seven. You want to trust the fate of the world to a little seven-year-old girl? Like my little granddaughter, Amelie? Well, maybe. <laughs> But let me tell you, folks, something. This little girl had been taught the word of God by Jochebed. She must have filled it. You know, if you don't train little children in the truth of the word of God by the time they're little, it's almost getting too late to do it. Our great Roman Catholic friends say, give me a child uh, until he's seven years of age. And he'll always stay with the church. And so this beautiful, lovely little girl, Miriam, is taught that there's a God who loves her. And she's taught to be obedient to a father and a mother and to look out for the other members of the family. And so here you've got little baby Moses and he's down on the broad bosom of the Nile among the bulrushes. It's an amazing story. And so Miriam finds the little baby boy uh, with Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut 
opens up the little um, ark, but Miriam is right there, and she says to the, the beautiful princess, hey, I'm just out for a walk today. <laughs> Can I help you in any, any way, princess? Uh, shall I get someone to nurse this baby for you? And Hatshepsut says, yeah, get me, get me a nurse. And when the nurse comes along, I'm going to do something. I'm going to pay her some wages. <laughs> so Jochebed is paid for doing what she wanted to do more than anything else, bring up her child. Did you know that the word Moses is not only a, a Hebrew word, it is also um, an Egyptian word. As the great archaeologist, the great German archaeologist, Dr. Siegfried Horn taught me so many years ago, when she called him Moses, Hebrew means drawn out, but the Egyptian word means born of. And most likely he was called Hapi Moses, born of the River Nile. All of the pharaohs, now most people don't know this, but all of the pharaohs, most of the pharaohs of this time period have got Moses in their name. Ramesses, Ram Moses, Tut Moses, Kar Moses. That's what they were called. This is the time of the Moses kings. And so Hatshepsut, the beautiful, wonderful princess who became uh, the greatest the greatest ruler of that time period in the history of the world. I've gone to Egypt many times and I've seen the massive monuments of Queen Hatshepsut. I'm one of her fans. And when I look at her magnificent stuff, I say, I'm walking in the footsteps of some of the greatest people who've ever lived. And here is this woman by the name of Jacobad. And so she gets the little baby. Uh, folks, she doesn't have him for long. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 2 and verse 10. Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says, And the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. Do you think this did something to her heart? You know, this is your boy, the son of your own body. Now we think this boy is about 12 years of age. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. So she called him his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. How old was this boy, Moses? If we go according to the customs of the Hebrew people, he was probably about 12 years of age. But she taught him. I want to say to the mothers here today, never, 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 never give up hope. Uh, many people say, think of the world in which we live, the evil. Think of the evil on television. And so we've got a name around the world. Now, I want to tell you folks something. As one of the most violent countries on the face of the earth. And we pride ourselves on being a God-fearing people. In God we trust. And your chance of being killed here in this country with a gun is just about the highest of any country in the world, at least in the Western world. It's a dangerous country. There's a big problem. I think mothers and fathers have 
abdicated their responsibilities to the teachers with video games and the gods of this world. She had him, folks, for 12 years. Not very long to have a boy. What did she teach him? I think she said, Moses, I want to tell you where you came from. You came from the hand of God. You're not something nothing. In our universities today, we teach young people that man, listen to this, is the product of time plus matter plus chance. That everything is the product of chance. You're not here because God made you. You're simply a cosmic accident. No wonder. We murder children in the, in the schools. Imagine you send your kids to school. You don't know if they're going to come home because some lunatic is going to go and kill them. It's because they don't know where they came from. They don't know why they're here. And they don't know where they're going. If you think this talk is too strong, it is because you are out of touch with modern culture. She taught him where he came from. She taught him why he was here. Moses, God has got a job for you to do. She taught him where he was going. You came from the hand of God, baby Moses, young man Moses, and you've got a divine destiny. You're not something nothing. One of the greatest curses of social Darwinism is the infernal doctrine of the survival of the fittest. The strong win. The weak go to the wall. We crush them under our feet. This is often the talk of the banks of the United States of America and the bosses of Wall Street. Nothing matters except might and we're going to win. But thank God, Moses had a decent mother. She taught him the story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The greatest words ever spoken on human lips are the words of Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I am a child of destiny. I'm not a cosmic accident. I'm not simply a, a planetary eczema and naught but potential fertilizer. Don't believe that garbage. It's taught in every university. And uh, then you've got kids that are taught these violent games, the violent movies, the violent videos. And these crazy people say to me, it doesn't matter what kids watch, it doesn't change what they think. That's absolute insanity. It is lunacy. Because the television people know that television commercials have got the capacity to motivate you to buy stuff. That's what it's all based on. And then they say, oh, but now all the violent movies and the terrible things, that makes no difference at all. Do they think we are as crazy as they are? No, no, no. She taught him the story of the Creator, and it never left him. Train up a child in the way he should go. He may, when he grew up, he might look like an Egyptian prince. <laughs> but in his heart, my friend, he was a child of God. He was a Hebrew. Remember this, it's an old saying, but it's true. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. 
I'm going to say something that is totally politically incorrect. I really don't care. Here it is. The greatest profession in the world is the profession of the mother with her kids. You see? And I hear people say, no, you can't be a real woman unless you're doing this, 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 and this. And the ones who are doing this, 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 and this generally are not taking care of their children. You see? So if you want to learn a lesson, if you've got the courage to think, think of Jochebed. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Twelve years she had him. Jochebed and Miriam, seven-year-old girl, gave to the world Moses, who gave us the Bible, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, gave us the Ten Commandments, who, and gave us uh, the people of, of Israel, and they gave us the Messiah, and Jesus gave us the gospel. And without the gospel, as the people say in Papua New Guinea, you're something nothing. The gospel makes women real women and makes men real men. Without these two heroes, Moses could have ended up in the Cairo Museum. I've been to the Cairo Museum. I've been in the Royal Mummy Room. I've been there with a television crew. I've discussed Hat ships up in that glass coffin with the great Dr. Was. I've looked down here at my old friend Ramesses the Great. I have seen Tutmosis the Third, the Pharaoh of the Exodus, who said, I will not let Israel go. And when I went into the Cairo Museum, I thought to myself, if Jochebed hadn't been a good mother, Moses would have ended up in this dump. Yeah, it's a dump for dead bodies. Who wants to be there? It's got plenty of gold, but it's a dump. Now we're going to talk about the first feminist. Listening? Vashti. We come to the land of Persia. Been there lots of times too. One of the oldest civilizations. Esther, chapter 1, 10 to 12. Esther 1, 10 to 12. The land of Persia. On the seventh day when the heart of the king was merry with wine, in other words, he's drunk, he commanded Mehuman, Bistha, Habona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zitha, and Karkos. How was that? All these guys, seven eunuchs, served in the presence of King Ahasuerus. Another name is Xerxes, Xerxes the Great to bring Queen Vashti before the king wearing her royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials. For she was beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, <laughs> brought by his eunuchs. Therefore the king, of course, he was furious. Little pot soon hot. The king was furious and his anger burned within him. Um, she used the power of no. She said, this is an unreasonable request. You want to treat me 
like a prize cow at the village fair. She said, I am not a prize cow. And she said to the most powerful man in the world, one word, no. <laughs> it's a good word. The Bible teaches the equality of the sexes. People say, I don't believe that. Well, come out of the dark ages, brother. She said, I will not submit to unreasonable sexist demands. Queen Vashti, queen of Persia, became a lady game changer. And I say, we used to say as a boy, bully for her. Well done. Now, she got kicked off the throne and a beautiful little girl by the name of Esther became the queen. Nobody knew, but she was a Jew. The Jewish girl who became queen of the Persian Empire became one of the great game changers. Now, there was a terrible plot to annihilate the Jewish race. Got to tell it to you, summarize it. There was a good guy. There was, now Esther's very beautiful. There's a good guy. I think it was Esther's cousin. And he, he's a Jew. And his name is Mordecai. As a boy, I used to call him Mordecai, but I think I might have been wrong. Mordecai. He's the good guy. And there's a wicked man. He's the very essence of evil. Very wicked man. Because he's got a program to wipe out the children of God and potentially the Messiah. He is wicked. Haman. Now, if you look at Esther 4, verse 14 and 15, Esther gets tied up in the intrigue of the court because a decree has gone forth from Haman, signed by the king, to wipe out the Jews and potentially the Messiah. Now, Mordecai sends this message to his relative, this little girl in the court. For if, now she's the queen, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Listen. Evil prospers because good men remain silent. And so he says, if you're going to be silent, God will bring deliverance somewhere else, but you're going to die. Yet who knows? whether you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will also fast. So uh, I will go to the king, which is against the law. If I perish, I perish. Now, it was not a woman's world. It's a man's world. The king had so much power that if the queen, his queen, his wife came in to see him, uninvited, she was put to death. <laughs> Can you believe it, men? <laughs> the king had so much power that if the wife turned up unexpected, uninvited, he'd say, off with my queen's head. 
So the ladies didn't do too much talking back in those days. That shows you the tremendous courage of Vashti. No, not going to do it. You all need to learn that word. No, not going to do it. If it's wrong, I'm not going to do it. People come along and say, but are you allowed? No, I'm not going to do it because it's wrong. And she says, and he says to her, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This tells me there is a divine providence. She wasn't there by accident. Vashti didn't say no by accident. There's a plan. And then she said, I'm going to go. And if I perish, I perish. I will do the will of God. So I want all you ladies to think about this. Esther was a special woman in the right place at the right time. She had courage. She put her life on the line. She was no wilting little flower. She saved her people. Without Esther, there would have been no Messiah. She was an amazing game changer because she was in the hands of God and she had courage. She had fire inside she had a fire in her belly, if I could say it. A great game changer. Another great game changer, as we thunder to the end, was Ruth, a refugee from Moab, a country that most of the Jews hated. Now, the Bible tells us the lady goes over there, Naomi, husband dies. Her two sons die, and she's left with two daughters-in-law. And so she said, I, I've had no luck here. I'm going to go back to my home. I'm going back home. And you read the story in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 14 to 17. And they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Opar, one of the daughters, kissed her mother-in-law, and, but Ruth clung to her. She said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to go back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. What a tremendous word from a, a woman who was a pagan. She said, I'm not going to go back to my gods. And so they go to the land of Israel. Here is a girl who's a foreigner. She's a refugee. When they get there, <laughs> in the providence of God, there's a very wealthy I add this, good-looking man. And his name is Boaz. And he owns half of Israel. And in this story, he is called the Redeemer. He's the Redeemer. And they're gleaning in the fields, bringing in the harvest, and there's a law in Israel that poor people can go along behind the harvesters and they can pick up a bit of wheat, a bit of corn, and so she goes down there, she's picking up a little bit of wheat. This man comes along and he says, 
Hello there. <laughs> Hello there, he says. Where do you come from? Oh, she said, you wouldn't want to know. She says, uh, I come from... Uh, I come from a foreign land. I can't read you the next text. I got some other texts here, but I'm sort of running out of time. But do you know what happens? The Bible tells us she notices, he notices her, she notices him. <laughs> and after a little courtship, they get married. A foreign girl. And she becomes the mother of King David, who becomes the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Within the veins of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the blood of a Gentile. You know why? Because God doesn't care. She was a refugee from Moab, who achieved true greatness. And she became the mother of David, who became the father of Jesus, who gave us the gospel, who came and died for our sins. A refugee. Lessons learned. Listen, where there is great sin, there is great grace. And nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Only God. Nothing is impossible with God. And God has got a plan uh, and a time and a place for everyone. And no one is more important than the mother in the home. The greatest career to be a mother. And remember the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. And therefore today we proudly salute the lady Game changes. God bless them all. Amen. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John Carter reports, We have seen God's power as the gospel of Christ has been proclaimed in Africa, India, Russia, Ukraine, Cuba, El Salvador, and many other places. We invite you to partner with us in proclaiming Jesus Christ. God be the glory. Great things he has done. Write today to the Carter Report, P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. That's the Carter Report, P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to The Carter Report, P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. That's The Carter Report, 
P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. Thank you for your generous support. We look forward to hearing from you soon. May God richly bless you. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.